Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for this Monday, February 1st. Uh, my name is Ian Saunders, and joining us as well today is Sarah Maley. And Sarah, uh, coming in to uh, risk on movement again as we kick off the second month of 2021. Um, as we wrapped up last week with uh, most of the major domestic equity indices actually posting uh, their most significant weekly loss, at least certainly for the case of the S&P 500, uh, most, the, the most negative weekly loss for the S&P um, since the end of October of last year. Um, and then coming back in this morning and seeing most major indices up in excess of 1% with the S&P up almost, almost actually 2% at the time of this recording this afternoon. Um, so figured we'd come in and kick things off first with uh, giving an update to the that 20-point that, uh, chart of the S&P 500, which has been that kind of main chart that we've continued to be monitoring over the course of the past several months. Uh, and coming in and looking at that chart, we saw movement last week after a period of several consecutive buy signals that, that really began in, at the end of September of last year on that chart um, and, and then topped out there at that 38.60 point. Um, movement last week led to two consecutive sell signals on that 20-point chart of the S&P. Um, we're seeing a reversal back up into a column of X's on that chart, though, this morning and current level 37.60 the time of this recording. So from here, you would get further support initially at that 3,700 point that we got there and got down to on uh, this past Friday. Uh, for the, we have pretty consistent support level, near-term support offered as well. Um, seeing support offered at 36.80 and at 36.40 on this 20-point chart. But I think, Sarah, one interesting point that we were talking about that we we're um, looking at here is that, I mean, this this um, these two consecutive sell signals we saw there on this chart ended that period of, of multiple consecutive buy signals and also saw some areas in the market getting into more kind of overextended territory. And, and we get a pullback here right, right back to the middle of the 10-week trading ban as we see the, the S&P 500 index as a weekly overbought over sold reading of right around zero at just negative 2% there through movement on Friday. Um, and we also saw this reflected while we got the two sell signals there on the S&P 500 20-point chart. Some other areas that were perhaps getting a little bit more into overbought territory really just saw some pullbacks on their respective charts. And in order to take a look at a couple of those areas, we can see that, that they also tend to be kind of the, the higher relative strength areas that we see for domestic equity. So one of those being the Invesco QQQ Trust, that kind of tech-heavy NASDAQ 100 ETF that we saw reach, reach a high there of uh, 330 uh, movement earlier this month. And then with yesterday's pullback, or sorry, last week's uh, pullback, got it back down into a column of those. Again, from overextended territory, pulled back to a chart level at 315, a little bit closer to the midpoint there on its trading band for QQQ. Um, again, just a reversal into a column of those. So that the default chart of QQQ still sitting on two consecutive buy signals with the last one there being that bullish triangle breakout that we got to there at the end of November. Um, so seeing an end, a, a broad fund like this that's kind of pulling back in the O's is indicative of some other sector movement from, from a, perhaps another high RS sector that we see there in the cases of um, consumer cyclicals, right, Sarah? Yeah, so looking at the chart of XOY, just as our broad uh, consumer discretionary uh, proxy, we can see that this chart gave three consecutive buy signals and hit an all-time high at 170 uh, in January before experiencing that three-box reversal down to 164. And then on, on Friday's action, we, we printed another O at 162. So as Ian said, these are high-strength uh, high areas that we've seen, you know, over the, a theme of this high strength. And we've just seen pullbacks, again, from that overbought territory 
territory. And today, uh, XOY through Friday's close, the overbought oversold reading is 4%. So right there in the middle of that 10 week trading band. So, you know, new positions, um, you know, may be considered here, um, you know, if you're looking for consumer discretionary exposure. Um, and it's pullbacks like these that we like to kind of see um, before initiating those new long positions. Um, and we also have support now available at 152 and then down between 140 and 142. And in this chart will reverse up if with a move to 168 or higher. So we're watching that level. And then again, uh, after that reversal up, a move to 172 would give a fourth consecutive buy signal. So on these charts, you can set alerts, set price alerts, set activity alerts, whatever kind of alert suits you best. But you know, it's these these areas that we're we're looking at that have just simply pulled back. Uh, you know, offering some some nice entry points. Um, but consumer cyclicals tends is still the leading sector in terms of our dolly rankings our U.S. sector dolly rankings. We saw cyclicals move ahead of technology back uh, on January 12th, and that was after a four-year-ish lead for technology. We saw consumer cyclicals actually rise from the basement, so that very last ranking uh, in dolly, uh, it, it ranked dead last in April of 2020, and we saw it, you know, continually improved now, you know, ranks number one. So we thought that was pretty impressive, but I think um, something else we've noticed recently is the fact that energy has kind of done the same thing. Energy ranked dead last in October. And now as of last week, we've seen the energy sector move up into the top three where it sits today, um, right below consumer cyclicals and technology. So another thing that, you know, another kind of theme change that we're looking at, um, we did see energy rotate into the um, power four model today, as along with basic materials. Um, and then within energy, as we mentioned in, in Friday's report, which, uh, you, you know, you can definitely go check out if you want more commentary, but we're just seeing a, a real theme of that clean energy, um, you know, this clean energy stocks uh, strength from that particular area within, within energy, just with, um, you know, last week's presidential executive orders, uh, you know, and then this, um, kind of ESG, um, you know, kind of push as well. So clean energy, uh, definitely something to watch and energy as well. So be sure to set those Dolly alerts. Um, and then now because of energies move up into that third spot, basic materials, healthcare and industrials are kind of in that middle of the Dolly rankings. And we're seeing those four sectors uh, separated by just seven signals. So again, something to watch there. Um, but that rise of energy and consumer cyclicals is just very, very interesting, especially that they both were able to kind of rise from the dead, if you will, coming from that, that very um, last spot. But um, something that we haven't really seen change, Ian, is the, the U.S. equity signal count. Yeah, absolutely, sir. I mean, there's been no shortage of movement that you just kind of touched on underneath the hood of the domestic equities asset class, both in there looking at the sector as, as well as we continue to see over the course of the month of January, the small cap space continue to approve from the buy signal count. Uh, within that size and style breakdown uh, with, with small cap growth now being that top ranked size and style. But as you said, I mean, in looking at the broader buy signal count for the domestic equities asset class as a whole, um, it's sitting there at 329 buy signals, which is the most out of any asset class that we have on the Dolly system. Significantly ahead of the international equities, which is currently ranked second with 259. Uh, but interestingly enough, we actually saw that buy signal count remain static from the end of December to the end of January. As we move through that first month of this year, um, we, we, that 329 bicycle count was the same count that we had at the end of 2020. So definitely an, an interesting thing to note. I mean, the 329 bicycles is, is um, certainly certainly a, a fair amount of bicycles there. So 
Um, but other areas that we have seen improve a little bit more from the broad asset class perspective has been the two other risk-on asset classes that are ranked behind domestic equities. We had international equities with its current count of 259. It picked up 21 buy signals in the month of January. Um, commodities picked up 17 buy signals in the month of January. So it, it, at the end of the day, it is kind of speaking to that, that further bullishness, seeing these risk-on asset classes continue to improve and uh, looking there looking there to try to catch up to the domestic equities broad asset class. Uh, the other three kind of more risk off oriented asset classes, the three last ranked, um, the, those areas ranked in the bottom end of the dollar asset class breakdown, fixed income, cash and currencies all declined from a buy signal count um, in the month of January. So seeing that that risk on sentiment kind of further there from this broad asset class perspective. And, and that's something we, we also see reflected on the broad asset class group scores page. Um, again, this page is going to be a little bit different than the strictly relative strength based Dolly page. The asset class group scores page looks at, at 135 different classifications for ETFs and mutual funds, and then grouping the, those funds and their in, into each of those respective classifications and, and looking to see which group has the highest average fund score. Score goes from zero to six. Um, one of those groups in the group that we use as our cash proxy in, in this scoring ranking is the US money market group, which, which uh, corresponds to the money market percentile rank that we have found on, for those of you following along, either on, on YouTube or on your own, that money market percentile rank found over on the left upper left-hand side of the group scores page. Um, and we see that US money market group has a current ranking of, of um, down very, very close to last at, at a, the 134th out of 135 groups that we have there on the system, marking very low field position for the our cash proxy there uh, brings it to a money market percent rank of 0.70%, um, which in looking back at it, we haven't been down at these levels actually since November of 2016, when we got down to a rank of 0.71 at the beginning of November in 2016. So um, one thing to note, I mean, intuition may lead you to believe, and, and Sarah and I were talking about it earlier, that Seeing an indicator like this at such low field position might, might make one assume, well, I mean, it has to move higher at some point, right? Um, but, but we actually can see looking back at historical rankings for the broader money market rank, um, that, that it can remain at those low field positions for prolonged periods of time. So those that are kind of looking at the broad, broad um, asset class point of view, trying to look for areas that might be um, maybe defensive areas that might be showing improvement. I mean, we currently have the U.S. money market group ranked very low, as we were touching on there, and it, it can it can be important to keep an eye on uh, to to see if that area does start to move up, um, what it's what it actually moves above, and so um, that'll be a place to definitely continue to monitor. But right now, we see it in very low field position, which again kind of adds to the bullish uh, bullish indicators and signs that we have here moving forward. Um, some other places that we're monitoring here on the group scores page. Again, the group scores page. Um, it, by, by having looking at those fund scores tends to be a little bit kind of more intermediate term than the broad dolly tool. Um, and so an area that we're kind of continuing to look for that intermediate term kind of improvement and strength is the commodity space. As we touched on with the dolly page, we saw some bicycle improvement. The commodity space as a whole, the broad group on this group scores page is, is sitting right around that 3.0 threshold, which is kind of that sought after score territory to get north of 3.0. Um, and that'll definitely be an area that we're, we're continuing to keep an eye on here as we move through the second month of the year. And, and, and one, one, some movement that we're seeing today in particular, Sarah, I know that we were, we were talking about has been uh, some, some of the big spikes that we've seen uh, within silver. Yeah, so silver SLV, um, you know, looking at our most hit 
or requested symbols today is actually the the top symbol in our symbol cloud. So, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of interest here, but just looking at the chart here of the iShare Silver Trust, um, we can see that the, the blue X is if you're following along on YouTube or again on your own. Blue X is if you're listening today or, or watching today on our site, those blue X's are telling us that that happened with today's intraday action. So this particular chart gave a buy signal, a second consecutive buy signal today at 26 before moving higher to 27.50. Sits around 27 right now, but because we hit that 27.50 level, we're going to report X's up there. And this took out you know, resistance dating back to, you know, August of last year. Um, we're now sitting at multi-year uh, highs. So um, this particular action today um, will make that weekly overbought oversold level rise a little bit. Um, you know, we can see the intraday levels by clicking on the, the actual weekly OBS um, reading. Um, that's a newer feature that we do have. So, um, be sure to check that out. But from a fund score perspective, SLV, you know, even before today's, you know, 8% rally, um, we've seen strength from this particular, this particular um, area. 5.53, uh, you know, near perfect fund score, uh, six being the perfect score as, as Ian mentioned. Um, and we can see it has a, a score direction of 1.45. So it's telling us that the, um, the fund score has improved over the last trailing six months. So um, today's action will you know, be factored into to the score tomorrow. Uh, so after today's close, we'll run all those relative strength calculations and, and see where that takes us. So you can always set uh, score alerts now, and you can also set um, you know, the price and activity alerts as well on these charts. Um, but again, watching that area, we now have support established at 23 with additional support available between the 20, one level and about in 2050. So um, again, look for those levels um, moving forward. And with that, I think that that wraps up today's uh, podcast. We appreciate you joining and, and listening along. Um, and be sure to check out the daily equity report, you know, for, for kind of that midweek or daily commentary, if you will, um, you know, on just some movements that we're seeing or maybe the, the asset class changes or the sector updates as well. So, um, and be sure to, you know, call our team if you have any questions, 804-320-8511 um, or email dwa at dorseywright.com. Um, and with that, we will talk to you next week.